we're going to turn to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 28. Proverbs 28. Does anyone who has a prayer request, or you have some prayer request, I haven't seen anything yet. I think somebody's sending something. If someone knows of someone who has a prayer request urgently, if you are able to pray, you can pray right now before we hear the word. Proverbs 28, the wicked flee when no man or no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. The righteousness God gives is a breastplate. The helmet of salvation, everything that God says I've given to equip you, will preserve you, will banish, will send away fear from the life. God is able to do that. And God says, if he's made us righteous, then we ought to be bold as the king of the forest, the king of the jungle, that mighty beast whose roar is unmatched, Boldness belongs to the believer. We are the seed and the children of the Lion of Judah. Blessed be God's name. It's the wicked. It's the people that have the defiled conscience. The people that are unknown to God and they don't know God. Fear drives the life. We've seen that. Perhaps you've seen that in your family and you recognize that in you, yourself. In times past, there's a fear-driven existence and sometimes it can come under the guise of being careful. Being careful about everything. Watching out for things that can harm and the whole focus can be on fear of falling into danger. Falling into danger. And the fear can overtake a person. God gives us boldness. This individual not speaking about a country or community, because of the transgression of a land, many are its princes. Under democracy, the name of democracy, 
You can have a multitude of people thinking that a resolution can come about if more minds are put to the matter at hand. But the nation that has the Lord and the king or the ruler that depends on the Lord is able to get direction from the Spirit of God. Same thing with our families. God's Spirit comes and He gives us wisdom that is unconventional. It goes against the experts. Quote, unquote. Because the Spirit of God gives us wisdom that cannot be challenged. There's no wisdom that can stand against the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. And He helps us to navigate life by a man of understanding, but by a man of understanding and knowledge, right will be prolonged. Righteousness in a country, righteousness in a family, righteousness in my life. How many families we have witnessed since we started the ministry who thought it was okay to have pictures that are not in keeping with holiness on the wall in their homes in their family rooms living rooms they had magazines in the house that seemed to be popular and you can find them at doctors offices and they just didn't have the sensitivity from the spirit of god with the understanding of the word the true understanding to know that these things are displeasing to god what am i doing with this in my house god has helped them to push away that which is wrong and bring in that which is right. Verse 3, A poor man who oppresses the poor is like a driving rain which leaves no food. A poor man who oppresses the poor is like a driving rain which leaves no food. It's a total oppression. Because one poor man ought to know, I'm in the same, same state. It's like one who's under some kind of illness. One who's under some kind of setback. Instead of having sympathy for the others, and empathy, the pride can come and begin to try to boss around that other individual. Well, this one is in the same predicament. Have you witnessed that? person could be very, very ill. I've seen that in the hospitals in different places. There's a terrible spirit of pride where the person can be oppressing the other one. And when it comes to the poor person, they already lack. But another poor person tries to take what that poor person has how devastating it is. What is God saying in these words? What is he showing? He's showing the extent to which the monster of the old nature, the flesh, can be so demeaning and destructive to other human beings. Uh, a wicked ruler doesn't come up overnight. A Hitler or Assyrian kings, they're so ruthless, they don't just spring up overnight. They gave themselves over to thoughts 
of oppression with mischief and then it manifested. Romans 1 talks about the depravity, willful rebellion from humanity. Monstrous, not only worshipping idols and creatures instead of the Creator, but actively doing evil. We see it in Romans chapter 2. Going and doing things that are malicious. Why does God have this in the Scriptures? And we see some of that in Proverbs chapter 28 here. Show us how good God is to take us away from that thinking. The bent of the world is to think about self, self-indulgence, self-promotion, all these things. But the kindness from the Holy Spirit, one of the fruit of the Spirit, the gentleness, the meekness, totally contrary to the grain of this life in this world. And we face people that think that meekness is weakness and they may think this person is kind and doesn't seem to be getting angry so let me oppress them more. And the Lord has a remedy for that. He says in the epistle of Peter when you are mistreated for doing right be happy. Not for the mistreatment, the pain from it but to know that when you respond in the way that the Lord Jesus did, innocent and blameless, trusting the Father, God will come through for you. The glory, the spirit of glory will rest upon you. But we can read these verses. Right now where we are, it's raining. Just a drizzle. But a driving rain. Elijah told Ahab, Get your chariot, hurry, before the rain overtakes you. Dark clouds came, it was a tremendous downpour. We know rain can be very destructive, flooding and all kinds of things can happen. Poor man, already poor, not having much, another poor man comes and oppresses him. We've heard of the rich oppressing the poor, but if a poor man oppresses another poor man, God said, that is utter devastation. It's something completely abominable to God's sight. God says as much in another proverb, He says, when your enemy is down, don't gloat over him, don't rejoice over him. Otherwise, God will take his side and come against you. Why does God say these things? Why did He give the Mosaic Law? Why are these... Uh, commandments given and these observations in Proverbs. You know why? Because if we lose sight of this, we can very well slip into certain behaviors. It may start ever so little. It's just my cousin. It's just my mom. It's just my child. Nobody's watching. I'm the boss. <clears throat> Forgetting that the Lord is the boss. His Spirit dictates how we live. And the nature of Jesus should be ever present. It's important to read and stop and meditate. Why did God put this here and why am I reading this? Can I just gloss over this? Can I say this doesn't apply to me? All the scripture is profitable. It's God breathes profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction and training in righteousness. All the scripture. 
often Christians in churches and Christians in homes and evangelical societies, they pick and choose what they like and often, as we say, like a buffet. We need to say, Father, I'm kneeling before you. Show me, Lord. Show me what you are saying to me from these scriptures. And this morning, we are thankful to God for his tender mercies toward us. We would have been like this. We would have been like this, oppressing people. Various degrees, but God had mercy on us and showed us this not the way. Blessed are the merciful. Those are the ones that will receive mercy. Verse 4, those who forsake the law praise the wicked, but such as keep the law contend with them. Lawbreakers. Lawbreakers. Governments we see all over the world. Who are the ones that are supporting obvious criminals who have been elected? They may be doctor this or doctor that, dignified looking, have all the fancy stuff in the army and air force saluting. God says, give honor to whom honors do. Do not honor wickedness. When evil is happening, we are to stand against it, not go along with it because of fear. Righteous or bold as a lion, who will contend with them that are lawbreakers? Who will stand up and say this is wrong? There's a lifestyle of self-protection and self-preservation that comes with cowardice. We see that in the disciple Peter. Simon Peter, before he was filled with the Holy Spirit, before he repented, then filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Ghost. Everyone forsook the Lord. Everyone fled. Even the three closest disciples. The Lord was truly abandoned by his closest friends. But he went through it resolutely with courage. Because he knew the outcome. Hallelujah. Faith. Faith in the outcome enables us to challenge wickedness when it shows up and not be quiet and be afraid. There's a way in which to do it. We are to depend on the Holy Spirit for help. To know what to say and when to say, but there is a time in which we need to speak. Verse 5. Evil men... Evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand all. Evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand all. This is reminiscent of the verse in Corinthians. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, he himself is judged of no man. Someone is intimately acquainted with the Lord God, walking according to his precepts, communing with him, led by the Spirit of God, filled with the Holy Spirit. They're the ones that really know what justice is. Why? As I mentioned in the life training school recently, you can have somebody who is a medical professional, 
on the ethics committee of a prestigious or well-known university. Ethics committee, be the chairman or the director or associate director. Ethics, morality, justice, equality, equitableness. And yet when it comes to saving a life against the wishes of one who may be delirious at that moment, resorting to a neo-justice, a different kind of justice that says that person has the right to refuse treatment that can save his or her life. And even if the person is delirious and can hardly hold a pen to sign the name or speak intelligibly, we ought to grant them their request because we have no right to impose upon them our desire to prolong life when they don't want it. What kind of justice is that? It's a perverted justice. It's not justice. So a man without Christ can be on an ethics committee and have a democratic philosophy, can talk about relative morality and be hideously abominable in the sight of the just one, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it is a perversion of all that is just in God's sight. To say we will support and help veterans and senior citizens, but we will kill babies in the womb. What kind of justice is that? It's a perversion. It's a duplicity. It's a chameleon. That adjusts itself to whatever is the status quo. And even dares to go against that which is conscionable. Evil men do not understand justice. There's no point then thinking that we can persuade someone and have the person in high esteem and admire them. They don't know the Lord. We ought to keep everything in stride that is in context. Don't fall in love with people or celebrities in any field, including science. Accomplished people quote-unquote, high society, even philosophers, so-called moralists. God says, the fool has said in his heart, Psalm 53, that there's no God. So anyone that has intelligence, IQ, high IQ, who has a, a very compelling personality, a person of influence, just walks in the room and can get deals made left and right and buildings rise and institutions rise. Such magnetism. Very charming, personable. A person who can win friends anywhere, anytime. And philanthropist as well. A philanthropist. Giving money to help different causes, social concerns. But if that individual says there's no God, God says that he's a fool. She's a fool. Could be a Supreme Court justice, have many, many years of ruling the country from that position. 
No fear of God. God says, fool. What does this say to us? We ought to love them. We really ought to love them. We must love them. But because we love the Lord and love the truth and love that person's soul, we must not be swayed by popular opinion, even among evangelicals, quote-unquote. How many evangelicals, how many Christians do I know and do you know who will admire Hollywood? Go to Universal Studios or go to some Graceland or somewhere. Try to revive interest and stimulate oneself and be nostalgic and be led by the desires and the emotions in one's past into what? Something that was totally opposite to God. It really shows the sensibility and sensitivity or lack thereof of one who doesn't really know what the Spirit of God desires or doesn't want to know worse yet. But praise God. God is merciful. I wasn't born with this sensitivity or being able to speak on this with a life to back it up God graciously changed me I was into secular things and I went to church nobody told me it was wrong and even though deep in my conscience I knew something's not right as I read the Bible more on my own and prayed and evangelized I had all the support from my Christian friends and the pastor and deacons, the elders, to continue. There's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong with watching some filthy so-called pop star in the 90s? Now, I didn't do that, but I had a older brother in the church He was very active in spreading the word and he was able to sit in his living room and watch a so-called pop singer with a very blasphemous name and immoral agenda in the 90s and watch that on his television and tell me nothing's wrong with that. In how many ways can a person pervert justice and side with evil in society, making excuses, such as, I'm not going to judge them, but why do you partake? The clear separation is important for us to really know the mind of God and to grow in the Lord. And we praise God that God has brought just about everyone on the call, if not everyone, to come to that sensibility and sensitivity to the Spirit of God, that with the Lord there are no gray areas. It's either light or darkness. But evil men, Proverbs 28.5, do not understand what is right. Another word for justice is righteousness. What is right? In the world we know many, many, many different standards of what is right is held by individuals. 
One person says in the evangelical community in the church, because they can have different standards too. One Christian says, if you see a stranger, and the stranger doesn't act polite with you or say hello, you don't have to say hello. They need to know that they can't treat you like that. Some people think that way and act that way. Christians. And they self-justify their behavior. Another Christian says, no, no, that's wrong. Even if the person doesn't say hello, you ought to say hello. They're going by the principle of Matthew 5. What good is it to salute only or say hello to only those who love you or who greet you? What makes you different than the heathen or the sinner? And another person says, that principle is true. And we need the Holy Spirit to guide us. Sometimes strangers can be evil, manipulative. And if we see something that is not right about them, it's better to avoid them. It doesn't say in the book of Proverbs, a prudent man sees evil far away and avoids it. But the simple or the naive, the foolish goes right into the trap. I've seen that on commuter trains, people striking up conversations. And the whole conversation is going in a wrong direction. Sometimes an older person from the opposite sex drawing in the other person in conversation and not only futile but foolish. At what point do you stop being nice? What is just and what is right in God's sight? We're motivated and guided by the Spirit of God, by love, also with truth. One of the greatest problems today is, in the name of love, people will not take a stand for truth. But biblically, the Spirit of love is also the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. And God will help us in love to speak the truth in love and to take a stand against that which is unjust. Those who seek the Lord, that means spend time with Him, search the Scriptures as a treasure, not superficially, but search diligently as if looking for a precious coin as the Lord told in the parable the coins lost or the coin that won the Lord showed the diligence the, everything was swept everything was turned upside down effectively the search and the search produced the result rejoicing telling everyone it was precious. If the word of God is precious, then we will understand what justice means and righteousness, not only in the public domain, but in our heart of hearts. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He purges, He revives, He shows us God's level, God's standard all the time. We can never worry, we never need to worry that we don't know what God thinks or what He wants because not only is it explicitly stated in the Word but even those issues that we don't have a direct
commentary or guidance from the written word about, as Paul says, this is the command from the Lord, but this is not what the Lord commanded about marriage. He speaks, he says, but this is what I'm telling you, and I too have the Spirit of God. There are things that the Holy Spirit will bring to the person that is humble and open to him, particularly on certain situations to do what pleases God. Not necessarily explicitly stated in the Word of God. To cultivate that is what will cause a person to be righteous, walking in righteousness, have the understanding. God doesn't like this. How many Christians? If you tell them, this video game is not good, take offense whole families even the parents maybe the grandparents to the little ones who are you to judge me just because it has some gore and blood and some people getting blown up some immorality and I mean this what's on TV never mind what are you doing watching that TV oh what do you want me to do get rid of the whole existence you want me to be a monk somewhere? A hermit? These are the kind of sentiments that come inspired by the devil. But God in his mercy, wasn't he gracious to us? And he molded us more and more into the image of his son. And so we show grace and love. But can we afford not to speak the truth? Isn't it true? that evil company corrupts good morals, good manners. If a child or an adult is surrounded and engrossed in video games and pastimes and shows and songs that have obvious elements of immorality, fornication, murder, violence, theft, grand theft, horror, or whatever they call it, I just do it for the thrill of it. My boy is a good boy. He reads the Bible. He attends Sunday school. He even leads Bible study. But he likes his video games. He likes his social media. He has his own uh, rock artists, his heroes and idols. What's wrong with that? some very gross, blasphemous titles of books by evangelical preachers and scholars. What has happened? One, one says, I want to write to you about the insanity of God. We can justify that, getting verses here and there to the contentment of the human mind, but before God, is it right to say it that way? The Bible says, the foolishness of God is wiser than wisdom of men. But can we take it further and continue and say the insanity of God, the prodigal God? And if you look at the people's sermons and their following, you see things are pretty lax. 
as far as the fervency to be holy and to leave a mark in this world for Jesus Christ a virtue there's a comfortable seat that we can occupy it doesn't matter what country we live in we have different brands of Christianity and just as justice can be perverted so the Christianity that is passed off by many people may well be a far cry from the biblical discipleship that God teaches us one thing is constant and that is the clock keeps ticking and the day approaches capital D-A-Y in which everybody will be judged for everything they've done everything they've allowed every thought every self-justifying remark every idle word and every action every pleasure chosen every promise made and not kept everything will be called into account but when you look across the evangelical scene you see very little of any fear of God the big cry is we have to engage the culture engage the culture let's do whatever we have to do to shove Christianity down their throat and in the process we get to have our jollies too because while we're engaging the culture we're also enjoying the culture this becomes a laughing stock we need to know what justice is first and foremost in our own lives and then we can show the world what God's righteousness looks like even men do not understand justice but those who seek the Lord understand all verse 6 better is the poor who walks in his integrity than one perverse in his ways though he be rich riches profit not in the day of wrath in the day of death no amount of riches can profit but the one who knows God what a consolation and confidence my Jesus is with me the same resurrected Lord that I adored when I had health and strength the one I ran for now surely he's with me he never leaves or abandons his own he will direct my way the integrity is more important than our assets financial portfolio it's another example here of how many people we may call ourselves Christians the mind is on the money and money is on the mind the calculations incessant in the imagination instead of saying Lord the very breath I'm taking right now is involuntary you're taking care of that surely you can take care of my other provisions my focus my concentration should be to adore you and to help others in your name to come to know you 
and to relieve the distressed distress of the widows and orphans in their affliction. Keep myself unspotted from the world. Keep my mind on the Lord. In the name of the Lord, do the good works He created me to do. Where is there time then for self-indulgence, for foolishness, for vanity, downtime? I've related this before. You take a child from Africa or certain parts of India, certain parts of Africa, South America, they're walking barefoot. They have one pair of shorts to their name. One shirt or one blouse. It's a girl. Walking barefoot, but happy and free. Sometimes one meal, sometimes two meals. They're really fortunate, three meals. And the rest of the time is walking miles and miles in the hot sun to do errands and chores to make a little bit of money to keep the family going. No problem with downtime. Someone says, well, that's because they are so uh, desperate for food and basic survival. But you transplant that individual child or adolescent or adult and they come to a place like the United States of America and the eyes are open wide this is truly the land of plenty it's like paradise there's no lack of water or food I don't have to walk for miles and look I can get a pair of shoes for so cheap I can not only survive, I can thrive. What am I going to do? The money that I earn, washing dishes or wherever, I've seen this. I'm going to save very, very carefully. The time that I have, I'm going to study. Join the local high school, get the diploma or the GED. Go to community college. There's a goal and a vision. A lot of smiles all the time. Sincerely happy then mixed with the generation that's here already, that generation looks down on this one and says, you're not having any fun, come on. Get in the car, I'm going to take you somewhere. I'm going to go to this concert, we're going to go see this movie. This individual felt obliged because of the kindness and wanted to not offend and goes along for the ride and just cannot enjoy it comes home and thinks what a waste of time and money I could have played some soccer maybe exercised but the rest of the time work, study because of the goal there's a future where's the time for drugs where's the time for immorality where's the downtime, I'm bored The Lord said about Sodom and Gomorrah, the book of Ezekiel, the neglect of the poor, to also idle. Every moment, every breath is a gift from Almighty God to be channeled to honoring Him, being industrious, thankful, 
fervent, seeking God and saying, Lord, what is my calling anyway? Do I really know it or have I done some spiritual questionnaire somewhere or heard the advice of some carnal pastor or leader somewhere, youth leader or some carnally minded author pulling in some verses saying, yeah, that's your talent. Go ahead and pursue it. You can be on American Idol. Why not? There's a great divide between what is wise and what is just, what is right in the sight of Almighty God, and what is wise and right and just in the sight of carnal Christians. We need to make the choice. Am I going to switch roads if I'm on the wrong road? Or will I try to wing it and stay in the middle somewhere? And we make the choice to say, Lord, I'm going all the way with you. I spent enough time following after the pleasures that were destroying me and my family. I hate that with a vengeance now. Whatever it is. And just like that person from Africa, India, or South America, wherever they are in their particular situation, many wealthy people in those countries, well-to-do, wise people, industrious, but the people we're talking of are the less fortunate. But when they come to another place, are they different human beings? Are they not human beings? Are they from another planet? How come there's no complaint? How come there's no downtime to worry about? How come there's no uh, great frustration of what to eat for dinner? And where to go for dinner? And what movie to watch? God calls us to occupy till He comes. Which means do the very thing that He's called us to do. Not let up, not deviate. And then He will give us the reward that He has specially reserved for us. What a glorious life. Our life is pointing toward a destiny and destination. In the book of Proverbs, even in this chapter, it shows the behavior of those who are righteous involves and includes moral courage. Stand up for what is right, not in my sight necessarily, or other sight, God's sight. To tell my family, this doesn't come in the house. But dad, mom, it's just an action figure. What's wrong with it? You see how they made this action figure? It speaks of immorality, lewdness, and pride. Furthermore, the whole character has nothing to do with Christ. We're Christians. Everything in our house will glorify God. And even if the figure is not a biblical figure, it should not be something that is devious leading one astray to some other philosophy contrary to Christianity. This vigilance is responsibility for the parents, not only for their own souls, but for the children who have been loaned to them by the Lord. Now we may think, 
I've missed my time. It's too late. As we said previously, another call. We can pray like never before. Plead with God for forgiveness. The Lord will give it. He's so gracious when the cry is sincere. And genuine repentance is there. And then be able to pray with great effect by faith that God would rock the boat of those adult children or adolescents who have been misled by us because we didn't lead them to Christ or in the ways of holiness. We can still do damage to the enemy who did damage to our children. Hallelujah. Bring them back to know what real righteousness looks like. Primarily, not by preaching to them, but by prayer, secret prayer. God in heaven who sees our great concern in our desperate cry for the children's salvation will rock their boat. No question about it. When we are walking uprightly and praying fervently with faith. May our children be bold as a lion in their generation because they're righteous. May they stand up and never oppress anyone but build people up by love and truth. May we be the examples to them. Never praising the wicked. Having nothing to do with this decadent society. Having a clear separation. Hollywood doesn't come into my house. Why? Because it is of the devil. That's why. Many, many Christians would take offense. Many churches may be deserted. If the preacher would say that. There will always be someone that will stand up. But this Christian movie was made with Hollywood. We ought never to live by the ex- exception to the rule. Because that's how the door opens for other things to come in. You have to be very emphatic. If something is used in collaboration with someone secular or something secular, that the spiritual people who had a part in that are the dominant force in the production of that material and that it is in keeping, even when the secular people are involved, just like people from Tyre helped build the temple or bring the material. There's no semblance or mark of the wicked or the heathen on that product. What if people would preach that? To show what is real righteousness before God and holiness and purity and separation. What a revival would ensue. People going into their prayer closets can't wait to get home. Why? Formerly it was because I had to watch my sitcom and the serial. We had people in church and life training school tell us people who are actively involved in evangelism, Christians for many years, and they used to rush to watch Foolish TV shows. Totally anti-Christian. And still evangelize and still read the Bible, still go to church, still have the 
table talk and coffee time with the women and but they said since they started coming to the life training school God has dealt with them shown them many things are off off radar when it comes to pleasing God within their hearts and they're thankful and repenting and God is taking them up on that repentance and fortifying them making them more fruitful than ever where no longer will it be pressing the accelerator and the brake at the same time getting nowhere fast but the foot is off the brake the hindrance and the procrastination and the influence and involvement and introduction into the home into the heart into the mind of things that effectively cancel out and nullify what God is trying to do when that's removed like a runner without the weights it's time to fly hallelujah blessed be God's name shall we pray hallelujah thank you father Oh Holy Spirit, thank you Lord for showing us. Lord, you are our guide in life and also in death. Righteousness that is imputed to us by precious blood. Embraced and lived out by obedience to your commandments. Will give us boldness and courage. Hallelujah. Hallelujah in our society in our generation stand up for your truth lord in love and to train our children our families those under influence in the same way to define very clearly what god's righteousness looks like what his holiness demands what his love and grace has provided to help us to fulfill all that god desires that we will truly Worship you, Lord, in spirit and truth. Oh, thank you, Lord, for mercy. Every drop of mercy is precious, but Lord, you truly give us showers of blessings. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us this day. Father, thank you for your mighty work. Oh, God, for healing. Lord, for destroying the works of Satan, for relieving, helping. Oh, my God, continue to do your signs and wonders and help us to be people who will be used by you, Lord, to bring multitudes into the kingdom as we do the genuine signs and wonders by the working of the Holy Spirit in and through us. For your glory, Abba Father, we thank and praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen.